0: I wonder if you have ever had an amazing day, perhaps something has happened that you didn't expect. Your birthday has come round, when you're getting older you wish you could reverse the age, (laughs) but when you're young you want to get older. And something really comes your way that you hadn't expected. Christmas comes. A young person wakes up on Christmas morning. Or if you'd have been me as a boy, I'd have been awake all Christmas Eve. Perhaps it was a day when you knew what it was to meet your life's partner. That was an amazing day indeed, wasn't it? I want you to imagine this evening that you're this woman in this remarkable story because as this woman you were going to have the most amazing day in your life. It began a day like any other. You go down and draw water at Jacob's well just like any other day. And you're there, when there's the heat of the day, you're there in the sixth hour. And there you are, drawing water. Just like any other day. It's a well that has been well used by yourself and your family over many years. And you know that you have the privilege of living in one of the most beautiful spots in Palestine. For Samaria was a beautiful and a wonderful place to be. But on this particular day, you notice a strange young man at the well, someone that you have never met. And you notice too that he's weary, and that he looks tired. And perhaps there are beads of sweat on his brow. And then looking a little closer, you notice that he is a Jew. And then you're blown away by his request. Give me a drink. You don't know that his disciples had gone away into the city because... You know only too well that when you're on a journey you used to have a kind of fold-up bucket that you could unfold made of leather and they've gone away. And for a moment you think of that historical animosity that there is between you and the Jew. The terrible animosity that there is between the two races. And then you know only too well that you're looked upon as mongrel, Jews, and that one thing the Jews never do is talk to Samaritans, and a woman at like that. So you find it a most incredible and a most amazing day that here is someone who is a Jew, and he's talking to you, a woman was a Samaritan you don't realise that this incredible meeting is by divine appointment God has appointed that you meet with this wonderful person the son of God and you notice too how gently and how kindly he's dealing with you And you say to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan? Don't you realize Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? Listen, this is not the done thing, you know. This is just not the done thing. And then you hear this man, this young man reply to you, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says, do you give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If only you knew who I am. You would have asked for far greater water than this world can give. And you're terribly mystified. What do you mean by that? And you say, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? You're totally mystified. This is amazing water. And this young man answers, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And you think to yourself, this is amazing water. I really want this water. And you say, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw." You've got the wrong end of the stick, you see. He's talking about that which is spiritual and not natural. And then Jesus is going to touch a sore point. But he does it very carefully. And he does it very tactfully. Go call your husband and come here and you swallow deeply. I have no husband, you say. What you're about to hear is going to absolutely blow your mind away. You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands on one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. You're absolutely gutted. You hadn't expected this. How does this young man know about you? and you have to come back to him and say sir I perceive that you are a prophet our fathers worshipped on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship and then this young man whom you have met that morning at the well tells you something that's absolutely devastating There is going to be a time when there will be no special places of worship. And he says to you, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We we know what we worship, for salvation is the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And you are absolutely blown away. That there is going to be no special places of worship. Not in Jerusalem or in Samaria. And then you make a statement. I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes he will tell us all things. For you have that great hope in a glorious Messiah even as a Samaritan. And this young man who you have never met before. And you met for the first time that day, he says, I who speak to you am he. What? It is absolutely amazing. That he is revealing the glorious fact that he is Messiah to an immoral Samaritan woman that he knows everything about. You see what the Lord Jesus is doing here? He's breaking all. Social taboos by speaking to this woman. In village life, in village society, a strange man does not even make eye contact with a woman. It was totally unexpected and unthought of in a public place. It was totally prohibited. They had to withdraw at least 20 feet away before speaking. To a woman, and then not make eye contact with her. And the Lord Jesus ignored the 500 year old hostility between the Jews and between the Samaritans. He broke every barrier down here. 300 years earlier, the Greeks had used Samaria as a base for their control of Jewish territory. In 128 BC, the Jews. Retaliated by destroying uh, the Samaritan temple on Mount Gerizim. And the Samaritans responded eventually by penetrating the temple area of Jerusalem a few years before the birth of Jesus and scattering the bones of the dead across the area just before the Passover to defile the complex. There was great animosity Toward the Samaritans. And the most unthinkable thing was happening here: that this man, Jesus, was actually dealing with an immoral Samaritan woman. Not only that, the Lord Jesus humbles himself and shows that he needs her help. He asks her. For a drink, here is the Lord Jesus emptying himself. Any self-respecting Jew would have said something like this: "You have no right. You have no right to 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 use." to claim Jacob as your father. You know that you are descendants of Gentile tribes that took our place when we were taken into captivity. And the Lord Jesus mentions none of this. He doesn't even castigate her for immorality. He just tells her he knows all about her. He breaks through culture. He breaks through racism, he breaks through hatred, he breaks through animosity, and he demonstrates the most amazing grace that could ever be shown in his life. He is prepared to deal with the untouchable. She was not only a Samaritan, but she was an immoral one at that you can't get much lower in the estimation of a Jew than this. When I worked at the embankment mission, there was a man in the mission, and we nicknamed him Moses. This time of the year, he would have been covered in lice. And the men avoided him, and there was a man who was the chairman of the Mission Council called Vic White. He was a Gideon. He was a top executive for Shell. He had a big office just near, by Waterloo Station. He used to go around the world uh, doing deals for Shell. And whenever he went to somebody he hadn't seen before, he used to say to him straight away, I want you to know that I'm a Christian and I don't do anything dishonest or underhand. But one warm Monday evening, Vic White left that office and he came down to the embankment mission and there was Moses sitting on his own and he embraced him and showed him the love of Christ, a remarkable and an amazing thing, the love of Christ in practical application. And in a sense, this is what Jesus was doing with this Samaritan woman. He was embracing her. Because of his remarkable grace, and his remarkable love, and his remarkable mercy. You think of the power of the good Samaritan. It's highly probable, some have suggested, that it was told in a tabernacle. And who is the hero of the story? Is the priest the hero? Is the Levite the hero? No, the Samaritan is a hero. It's unthinkable. But the Lord Jesus has broken down every single barrier that's possible to have. And there's no one who is so bad. This account tells us that he's beyond the reach of grace. And I wonder if when you and I hear of some terrible crime like the murder of Sarah Everard, well, the person who perpetrated that murder is rightly receiving justice, and we pray for the we ought to pray for the family, but also pray for the perpetrator, because no one, no one, no one is beyond the reach of amazing grace. Now, in this remarkable account, we see something of worship. In the gospel day wonderful amazing worship and we have it here in verse 21 and what is worship it is a renewed mind occupied with god and is seeking to render unto the lord the glory that is due unto his holy name and through the death and through the resurrection and ascension of the lord jesus There were no more sacred spots. They've all been abolished in Christ. And we are that building. We are the building of God. We are the people in whom Christ dwells. And we are the living temple. The temple has been set aside by the glorious person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was Constantine who Christianized pagan temples and from then on places, buildings were used for the worship of God. But before that they used to meet wherever they could. And how thankful we are that down through the centuries when people have been turned out of their buildings, they've been able to meet in fields. This is absolutely amazing. And this is absolutely glorious that we have here. But then we have the first female evangelist. What an amazing thing this is. Of course, she went and she witnessed, didn't she? And what happened was this after she had revealed unto her the wonderful fact that here is the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. In verse 28, the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things that ever I did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Could this be the Christ? She said what she knew. And she said, come and see. And the wonderful thing is that you and I can be used as a witness for Jesus. If God can use Balaam's ass to speak for him, he can use you and me. Isn't that true? There was a lady in our church in Southend, she'd been a Lance Corporal in the army. She never ceased to be a Lance Corporal. And if you went out on an outing, she'd have you lined up. (laughs) And when tact was given out, Alice missed. But when kindness was given out, she got a double portion. Well, I sent her out on door-to-door work. And much to my horror, this was her approach. She'd knock on the door and she'd say to the person on the other side of the door, We come from that little church up the road, and we're coming round here to find why some of you lot don't come to church. (laughs) Well, when I listened to this, I was horrified. But somebody got saved as a result. And there was a lady and she was wonderfully saved and I had the great joy and privilege of baptising her and not only was she saved but after her death her husband was saved as well the Lord can use anyone now I did tame were down a bit I said this isn't quite the approach Alice I had to take her aside a few times on the question of the tact. she hadn't got any she loved the Lord and if God can use her and God can use Balaam's ass to speak for him he can use the likes of you and I can't he and what we learn here too is that he alone is the true saviour now for centuries both Jews, both Greeks and Romans were given the title Soti, Saviour. There were many gods and there were many demigods among the Greeks and the Romans and they held the title Saviour. Saviour, sometimes Saviour of the world. And at the time of Jesus, Augustus Caesar already had declared himself to be God. And his temple was about ten miles from Jacob's Well. And perhaps he was locally referred to as Soté, Saviour. The Samaritans must have known about the temple to Augustus and that the Romans venerated that temple. The Samaritans did not share the Roman views. But this woman, what did she do? She went and testified, and they recognised that he was the Saviour of the world, in verse 42. The Christ, the Saviour of the world. Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Saviour of the world. What an amazing account that must have been no longer Caesar no longer any Greek gods but this one this one alone is the saviour of the world and the wonderful thing is tonight dear friend that the Lord Jesus is still the saviour of the world There was a dear woman at the church at Chasington where I was under Harry Kilbride that I mentioned this morning and she got herself a job in a council retirement home as a Christian and she went into that home and she sought to witness in that home and one by one we saw different members of staff in that home turn up on a Sunday morning and one by one they were converted And they used to have a staff prayer meeting in a council retirement home in New Morden in Surrey. And we need to pray wherever we have been placed, in whatever situation we have been placed, that the Lord may be pleased to use us for his own praise and for his own glory. And then you notice that these people who heard this woman said this in verse 42. Now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Saviour of the world. We have heard for ourselves. Have you heard for yourself? They were saying more than they knew, weren't they? They were making the most remarkable and amazing statement of all. He is the Saviour of the world. You may be in a Christian home. You may hear the Word of God. You may be encouraged to read the Scripture. But I would ask you tonight, have you heard for yourself? Have you in your own heart known something of the voice of Jesus speaking to you? and revealing himself to you in a most remarkable way. Down through the years and down through history God has saved the most unusual people. And the Lord Jesus knows all about you as he knew all about this woman. He knew every detail about you. And yet friend tonight He's prepared to deal with you like he dealt with this woman. Gently, kindly, lovingly, mercifully. He's prepared to have dealings with you. He wasn't repelled by this woman. He drew near to this woman. He broke through every single barrier because of his remarkable and because of his amazing love. And I would ask you this evening, have you had an amazing day like this? When you have met with Jesus, and you have known something of his mighty work in your heart. And you have known what it is to turn from darkness into light. Sometimes it can be immediate. Sometimes it can be like a sunrise A gradual sunrise in the soul This woman had a personal encounter So did the others in the town What did she have to offer? Nothing She could offer absolutely nothing And you can offer nothing as well You have nothing to offer. Why don't you come to him and recognize that you're coming into the presence of the Lord Jesus who knows everything about you, who knows your inner thoughts, your secret sins. He knows everything you've ever said and you've ever done. But like this woman, he's not prepared to cast you off. Can you imagine the horror if this got back to Jerusalem, to the religious people in Jerusalem, that this Jesus had been dealing with an immoral Samaritan woman? Shockwaves would have gone through Jerusalem. But you see, the Lord Jesus, when he was here, was full of grace and truth. And this is a wonderful demonstration of that grace in the way he met with the Samaritan woman. therefore, if he's gracious to her, he's prepared to be gracious with you. As you sit here tonight, as you listen to the word of God, as we look at this remarkable account that we have, we haven't got the time to look at every detail. We do not say something like this. Will you not make me your child? Young person, starting out on life, there are many things out there that are terrible things, terrible temptations. We live in a terrible world, and I'm glad I'm not a young person today. But I would plead with you, the most important thing is to know this wonderful Saviour, And to trust in this glorious person. Please don't let the devil say you're so bad you can't come. Look how bad this lady was. And look how gently Jesus dealt with her. And the Lord Jesus has come to deal with your greatest problem and my greatest problem, the problem of sin. And I pray that you will look at Christ tonight and you will behold him as the Lamb of God, as the one who has come and the one who has shed his blood, the one who has died to take away sin. And know what it is to have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. What a remarkable work took place that day in Samaria. Absolutely unthinkable to the Jew. Wonderful grace to the Saviour. There's no room for self-righteousness. The only time Jesus was caustic was with the religious hypocrites of the day. He welcomed sinners. What a horror story it was when he went into the home of Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, unthinkable. If Jerusalem had heard what he was doing here, they would have had uproar. But grace is like that. It's amazing. And we never know when grace is going to be displayed next. That lady who was saved as a result of door to door work. I went to her one day and she said to me, You know, I don't know what's happened to me. What's that, Gladys? I said. Well, she said, I used to have a foul temper. I don't have it anymore I can't put the Bible down I'm reading it as much as I can and do you know when I first started to go to that church she said I used to put my Bible underneath my coat so that people wouldn't see no I don't mind if the world knows she said what do you think's happened to me Well, Gladys, I said, I think you've become a Christian. And then, of course, there was a question of baptism. I could see she was holding back. She was well in her 70s. One day she came up to me on a Sunday morning. She said, no good. She said, I've got to be baptised, haven't I? I said, yes, you have. Her husband used to sit in the corner and he used to smoke Home rolled cigarettes. And one day a cigarette fell down his top of his shirt and he stood up very quickly. And they went away down to the West Country. And when he woke up one morning, she'd gone and taken to heaven. He knocked on our door. He drove all the way back and he knocked on our door and he said, Gladys has died. And you know something my friends this man of the world who had no time for the gospel was wonderfully saved too. And I plead with you tonight that you may know this so great salvation that this woman knew. Especially young people but older people too. Gladys was well on in her 70s. And she became a faithful testimony. She became a faithful witness to the grace of the Lord Jesus. She witnessed to whoever she could. She witnessed to her own family. And she was a trophy of grace. And after her passing, so was her husband. And I pray this night in this place, at this time, that there might be trophies of grace. Oh God, that there might be trophies of grace in this place. You wouldn't have thought a woman in Samaria, at a well, in the sixth hour, would be saved, but she was. And you've come here tonight. And who would have thought that you, maybe, tonight... Will become a child of God and be saved by amazing grace. Let us pray. Oh, God in heaven. We bless you for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you Lord at that well. that he was emptying himself. Dependent on a drink from an immoral Samaritan woman. But we bless you Lord that he showed the most remarkable grace. to one who would be considered by the establishment back there in Jerusalem as the lowest of the low. And Lord we thank you that he has shown amazing grace to everyone who is a believer here tonight. And we pray Lord for those here who aren't believers that he will show grace to them as well. We cry to you O oh Lord in Jesus